How's it going, everybody? Welcome to CNR Geek Out. I believe this is episode eight for us. Yeah. Yeah, getting near the uh, the big one zero. Uh, I'm Robin here with my co-host Carl. Carl, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm so glad to be off work. <laughs> yeah, running theme. Um, I'm I'm still actively looking for work. Um, but uh, but yeah, any uh, any advancements in nerd news for you this week? Anything? Got to our mention. Started playing. Uh, we, me and my friends, picked up on continuing Pandemic Legacy. So we've made it halfway through the game, and it, the game feels so real. Oh, you guys are so. If you, every time you succeed in the game, so you have two chances. It, it goes by month, January to December, and every time you succeed, the the game says, okay. You take two of your funding cards, which are pretty much cards that assist you in beating the game, winning the game. We're going to take two of those out. It's gotten to the point where the players now have no funding, no government funding cards, <laughs> because they've done so well now. And it's like, this sounds way too real. <laughs> oh, you guys are doing fine. You don't need more money. <laughs> it's like, what? We barely survived with what you gave us. <laughs> Oh no, that's uh, that's too real. So they they are gonna we we are gonna be entering the next month with zero government funding cards, which are pretty much bonus cards. I will say like you can give someone two free actions, you can quickly move yeah. someone around somewhere. It's like just just like the rest of America, no government funding. Yeah, but apparently it, I won't spoil it, but it kind of took a turn for what I thought the legacy game would be, but not in the way I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. okay, interesting. Nice. I uh, started my new D and D campaign that I'm a player in. Did which did is... you die at level one? No, we didn't. We uh, ended up super sidetracking the the main plot and didn't get past the first page of the story. <laughs> um, and uh, it was great. It was wonderful. Uh, so so the 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 group is, I'm the only experienced D and D player. Uh, our DM has played a couple one shots, okay. but he's never DM'd. So this is his first time DMing. We're doing the uh, uh, Icewind Dale. Icewind Dale. Uh, what's it called? Rime, Rime of, of the, the Frost. Frost, uh, Frost Maiden. Frost, Frost Maiden. Yep. So that's what that's what we're doing right now, and uh, it's so far it's cool setup. Um, I'm playing a Goliath Paladin. Ooh. And. Uh, I have uh, a. I, we're basically between the two of us. We're kind of got this uh, Geralt of Rivia and Yaskir dandelion thing going on, where because my character is a folk hero, okay, who uh, has been traveling around the Dale solving people's problems. Begr and, has uh, he been begrudgingly solving these problems? No, no, no. So uh, my character left his his clan because his clan was very standoffish to outsiders and intermingling and that kind of thing. And my character loved that so he 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 left he's a chaotic good paladin and uh just has been been out in the dale helping people through these this the the, the campaign setup is that it's been three years of no summer um and so it's it's almost constantly dark blizzardy mm -hmm. um and uh there's a uh, so i'm this eight foot five goliath and then there's a three foot five goblin that is my bard that travels around with me and writes songs of my exploits. Oh dear! And toss uh, a coin to your I've goblin. Got, well, to the Goliath. Uh, that's the song she writes. And uh, so, 
I've I've got one of my shoulder pauldrons rigged up to be a, a seat for her, <laughs> uh, that she just wraps herself up in, in blankets and sits there. Oh God! Uh, while I move through the terrain because uh, Goliaths are are acclimated to the to the frigid weather of the Dale. Yeah. So fun stuff. Very cool. Silly. I hope we haven't gotten into combat yet. I, um, but I hope your DM really gets to really enjoy kind of the the creepiness that could be in, uh taking place in it it's it it seems really fun i think there's also some monsters from that this setting really helps enrich their experience like the so Ubaric so have, have you played it or just read through i've it? just read through it um i've been reading through it a couple times uh here and there getting familiarized with it and it's like there are some perfect setups for some like literally the thing in the ice or you know the thing like pretty much nice. setting yourself up for the thing it's pretty cool that's exciting yeah so i'm, I'm excited to get more into that uh, unfortunately due to people going on vacation our uh, our our next game will be november 1st okay but uh from that point on i think we're gonna be doing consistently sunday evenings Ooh, so okay. yeah nice. it should be fun so uh all right well let's get into our topic today so uh Today, our topic is anime, a topic we spent about 20 or so minutes on when we talked about TV shows. Yes. We knew we were going to come uh, back to this. We, we knew we were, and it's going to be hard to keep this shorter than an hour. I doubt we will. <laughs> um, all right, Carl, what, what got you into anime? Basically, cartoons in general. Um, I remember... Waking up early. Do you, do you remember your first experience with an anime? I do. So, Saturday mornings used to be, I watched like the Mario Brothers show and stuff like that. Um, but during the weekdays, uh, we wait, you know, I would, my sisters were older than me uh, by a couple of years. And before I was going to school, uh, going to school, whether it was preschool or kindergarten back then, uh, I'd still wake up early with them. We'd all eat breakfast. But they were in charge of the TV while they were still at the house because they they want to watch something before they have to go to school. And it was Team USA, Channel Team USA, back in the day. I don't know how many people actually remember if that was a thing or not. <laughs> and it played Sailor Moon early in the morning. And it was dubbed. So all the characters had English names. I don't even know any of their... I know like two characters' actual Japanese character names. But I don't know any of the other characters' Japanese names. I know there was a guy with glasses named Melvin. I know that his girlfriend's name was Molly. I'm like, oh my god. But that was my first encounter with anime. But I liked it because it was just funny. It was expressive. They had such a fun way of doing characters. Because you'll go from like very cartoony style. And then they're still cartoons. But they try to make them more uh, you know, human uh, in aspect. Right, they weren't deformed in any way. Right, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I don't remember Team USA uh, <laughs> as a channel. It was like Channel uh, Eleven first... or something like that. So my my first encounter with anime is Dragon Ball Z, which I'm sure is is many people's. Um, it was on Cartoon Network, mm -hmm. and I just remember it was so cool. Like these guys were just fighting, and I had no idea it was, like, from Japan or anything. I had no idea that I was watching an already, like, 12-year-old show that was just being brought over now. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, very quickly the, it, it evolved into kind of my holy trinity of, of realizing that this genre is broader than, you know, it's a whole genre. Yeah. It wasn't just a show. And it was Gundam Wing and uh, Tenchi Muyo. Tenchi Muyo. <laughs> and Tenchi Muyo, I think, is the real one that, like, because it was weird. It yes, was super it was weird. super weird. Because you had space pirates and laser swords. Laser swords, space pirates, mad scientists, demons. space police. <laughs> but they were yeah. all crash landing on Earth. And they were all yeah. beautiful women. <laughs> and one right. guy. It was, and and it, was, it was really the first time I was really exposed to a lot of these anime tropes. That are, you know, harem being a big one. <laughs> um, you know, the... Uh, Sundere, um, all, just all these, all these tropes and archetypal characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, everyone looks way older than they actually are. Like, <laughs> yeah, all the like characters in Tenshi are, are like 14 be, years old. <laughs> yeah, but they're all fully developed adults. Um, and, you know, it was, it was also, you know, in many ways, which is weird because it was on like Toonami, but it was also very sexual. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> and 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 Sailor Moon too. So but so the reason I never watched Sailor Moon is my bus didn't get home until the last like I would usually catch the last like 4 or 5 minutes of Sailor Moon. Oh, okay. When when I would get home from school. Yeah. So and then Dragon Ball Z started right after that. So I'd get to watch Dragon Ball Z. Um and and so it was it was very uh but it was a, it was a, a very sexual thing. To, for for a child to see and and they censored it they censored the boobs um with you know steam clouds ah uh, yes stuff. but still, the infamous anime steam clouds <laughs> but it's still like it was nothing that you had seen in other cartoons yeah. which is you know the 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 proportions that anime uses to draw the human body are you know much more suggestive yeah. than western cartoons and and so you know there was and and you know i was a an you know a, a a kid going starting my teens so just entering puberty and it it was just a very different experience to everything else i was watching um and you know later i would learn that you know a lot of these shows were not only just censored visually but also content wise like i know that uh, you know, as I, I did watch some Sailor Moon eventually, it just wasn't one of the originals. I learned things like the two women who were cousins in the cousins. English, they're cousins, they're lesbians in Japan. Here's the thing. That's... Here's the thing about Sailor uh, Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus. Even though they try to make convey them in the U.S. as cousins, I'm doing air quotes. That makes it worse. Well, the, the, the thing is, you clearly could tell. I don't think they're cousins, even though they tried. Yeah. No, yeah. They, they That's the thing is all they did was change the word. They just changed it to cousins. And, you know, it kind of made it worse. Yeah, it definitely made that worse. Why do you think we because have so many just, awkward topics out there in the web? Yeah. Well, I, I blame Game of Thrones for that, uh-huh. actually. Uh, it happened but, before that. <laughs> um, I think Game of Thrones made everyone go, okay, it's okay now. Okay, yeah. Game of Thrones was like the seal of approval, but... <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and, oh, excuse me. Um, 
so yeah, it was just this very interesting. And then I remember uh, they started doing Toonami Midnight Run. Yeah. The, the blood oh, unedited. I love Midnight Run. And also you um, get like featured movies. Oh, those are so good. Mm-hmm. Re- do you remember Read or Die? I love Read or Die. Not the series. Read or die the movie. Was great. The series the mo- was I've okay. Never seen this series. The series is okay. It could, the movie was great. The movie is amazing. I loved it every time it came on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, you know, I I remember very vividly seeing an episode of Gundam Wing on Midnight Run. Oh, it's so I different. It's, I think Hiro gets shot. Oh yeah, and he's just laying in a pool of blood. Yep. And I was like, that was not. <laughs> In, I remember this being sweat, man. <laughs> it's just like a yeah. puddle of water. Yeah, uh, it was definitely not in the the tsunami cut. Detective Conan uh, was my jam. Detective, oh, oh man, yeah. and that one that was good. But then then Adult Swim came out, which is was it shared a network with Cartoon Network, but it's actually different. Pro, it it yeah. wasn't owned by Cartoon Network. They ran their own stuff. Yeah, and so I got you know started seeing. Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, Inuyasha. Um, oh my god, I can just hear. Anytime someone mentions Inuyasha, I just hear the music. Da 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 da. Da da. I'm like, oh my god, I just. It's just resonating in my head. It's like, that's how ingrained and iconic that music mm-hmm. is from that show. Right. And then, you know, expanding on watching the Gundams, oh, uh, yeah. you know, seeing Mobile Suit Gundam, G Gundam, uh, 08th MS Team. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, War in the Pocket, 0083 War in the Pocket. It, this uh, one was on Toonami, but uh, when it was still, to, they did Toonami Midnight Run, Deep Blue Six. Yes, Deep Blue oh, Six. I remember that. That was a good one. That was good. Um, yeah, so it, it was just this growing thing. And, you know, I started to to see these the movies of a lot of this stuff at, like, Hollywood Video and Blockbuster. Yep. Like, uh, in fact... I remember renting one of the Tenchi movies <laughs> and it was uncensored. Of course and, it was. Uh, you know, but, but as a, as a, you know, 13 year old, 12 or 13 year old, it was like, whoa, what the heck? Like, this is a cartoon. You know, this isn't, this isn't normal. It, it uh, is in Japan. <laughs> you know, and, and well, and also, you know, that, that America takes nudity to such a, a weird taboo, yeah. but they're totally fine showing, dismemberment and murder um they're two different things man (laughs) two different things yeah um so so in a lot of ways anime was very formative in how i began to appreciate another culture because you know i started to you start to notice as you watched as i watched more of it i started to notice more and more similarities of of you know this other culture that i wasn't a part of food that looked similar between shows uh you know phrases mm-hmm. and and just lifestyles uh the way that their schools looked and and interacted with each other um then uh you know at, at some point after adult swim started uh i saw what became my it, it is to this day my favorite anime ever which is cowboy bebop it's a good one and it changed me uh in so many good ways it opened my eyes to the the concept of the space western the space noir um the writing was so compelling Mm -hmm. each episode was seemingly detached from the greater narrative but it was always there if you were looking for it um 
you know, it, it was just everything about it was beautiful. And I also think one of the things that set it so apart back then was it was the first anime that had truly stellar voice acting. Yeah, it did a great job with the voice acting. Honestly, I would say another one for me at, during that same era um, was Outlaw Star, another yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, baby. It was kind of, so it's similar in theme, not not in storytelling, but similar in theme as Cowboy Bebop. You got a space western guy. He's a bounty hunter. Who? I think yeah. I think it's similar in setting, but not in theme. Okay. Because I would I would argue the theme of Outlaw Star is freedom. And, right. and being free, and the theme of Cowboy Bebop is being trapped. Everyone on the Bebop is trapped in something. Spike is trapped in the past. Faye is trapped without a future, trying to figure out her future. Um, Jet is trapped away from his life of being the the black the black dog. Um, Ed is trapped on the Bebop away from her father and all that uh it's 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 almost a a symbolism for for purgatory where everyone is trapped because of something they have to confront and as they confront it throughout the series when, once the series is nearing its end they all begin to leave yeah one at a time you know uh ed reunites with her father Faye uh is what is uh, I'm trying to remember why she ends up leaving, and in the end, it's just in the end, it's just Jet and Spike, yeah. and uh, Spike leaves by confronting his past and vicious, mm-hmm. and gets killed, leaving Jet alone on the Bebop. Uh, whereas Outlaw Star, the, the entire theme is about freedom and and not being bound by by the laws and living living as a as an outlaw. Yeah. Um, while while not being directly in contention with with the legal forces, you're living outside of their control. Yeah, it's like I'm not trying to be, do things illegally, but I don't want to be restricted by the laws you set up. I want to I want to breathe. I want to live through adventure. Yeah, the cast. No. I love the cast. I think by comparison, so, good. I, so they're both great. They're both great shows. I can't really put one over the other. Although I will say I do tend to watch rewatch Outlaw Star more than Cowboy Bebop, but more because Cowboy Bebop is a much more si- more serious for the the story it tells. So I really want to be in the right mindset to watch that Outlaw Star. I could be like I could watch this at any time. Yeah, no, that's that's really true. Um, Outlaw Star is a much more adventure. You know, every episode's an adventure. It's pretty upbeat. Um, there are some serious moments to it for sure, and mm-hmm. some serious episodes. Um, but a lot of it is this high octane, like ships that are punching each other, which is just the coolest <laughs> idea ever. It's ships with uh, fighting arms. <laughs> a gun that shoots spells that are stored in which it, which is and so cool. Shells, which is so cool, and, and it's a concept that needs to be expanded on somewhere. Somewhere. Um, you know this this idea of mixing space magic with bounty hunting and westerns, like. Super cool. I love, love, love Outlaw Star. Oh, it's it's definitely so good. The music is so good. The the and the thing is we were introduced to anime primarily through the English voice acting, right? You know, oh yeah. And it wasn't until I was a teenager and started discovering the worlds of the internet 
that I just you know started hearing them in their original language and watching anime with subtitles. And when I first heard the so I believe the first anime I watched with subtitles was Naruto actually. And I remember when I first heard, I'm like, wow, I feel like I am much more connected to the show when it's in its original language than when it was in the English language. Not that the anime, like, I love the voice acting for Cowboy Beagle. I love the voice acting for Outlaw Star. The voice acting in Dragon Ball Z, yeah, I mean, you're just there for the fights, honestly. I, at least I was just there for the fights. But for so, the, the way the voice acting was done in the Japanese uh, audio was just... It was so emotional for everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big, especially in the in the 90s and, two, and early 2000s, English voice acting overall sucked. And it was meant to be goofy was, and very Yeah, well, they approached it like these are English cartoons. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I think is something that one of the reasons why Cowboy Bebop stands out for its time so much is that it took the source material very seriously mm -hmm. and brought, I mean, Steve Bloom is still my favorite voice actor ever, you know, and he's, he's been in so many things. He was Amon in the legend of Korra is the most recent thing I can think of him in, in season one, he is the villain. Yeah. Um, and I, I can just recognize his voice as soon as you hear it because it's so good, so imposing, so powerful, and it always feels like it's the right one. Yeah. And then, you know, in the 2000s, uh, when I was in high school and I and I learned about uh, pirating anime, which was the only way to really watch a lot of it. Yeah. There was there was no legal distribution in the United States unless you wanted to go on eBay and spend you know an exorbitant amount of money on something that was probably pirated anyway yeah. um uh, or or buy it at, go to an anime convention and buy again a pirated box set of something yeah. that people were making burn dvds of uh and so i started pirating anime with uh fan subs and and watching it because like i i i started reading the manga of one piece and loved it i i just fell in love with the world and and the joy but it was also so emotional and so i started watching the four kids show which was butchered yeah entirely they took out everything that could be lethal every gun was like they literally edited a gun to have a hammer with a spring on it so when they pulled the trigger the hammer would drop down on someone's head like that was the thing when in the in the comics i mean like it was the guy intense. legitimately got shot <laughs> yeah like even in the early arcs like nami's first arc with arlong park is so emotional mm -hmm. and you know in the flashback you see arlong kill her mother yeah and it is just so powerful to see the way that Oda draws these characters and then to have it just butchered by four kids. Now, Funimation has since redubbed it and left it, and it's good because Funimation's a very good dubbing company. And that's what I wanted to get to is that in the late 2000s, dubbing started to get really good again. Yes. And and 
nowadays I don't mind watching a dubbed anime. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, there was a time where I was like, nope, I'm only gonna watch the subs because the dubs are gonna screw it up. But the the company, I think I think Funimation was a big push in this, of accurately dubbing something rather than rather than you know oh we got to change it for american audiences and and make it you know more funny and goofy mm-hmm. they they spent a lot of time really making it good yeah and choosing the right voices and having them actually act rather than just read and it and it paid off and and now i watch more dubbed anime than sub just because it's easier and anymore i think the quality difference is pretty negligible oh man i pulled up steve bloom because i'm like like you said he's one of my, one of my favorite voice actors as well completely oh, yeah. forgot he voiced the main character in s cryad oh yeah he did oh my god that that is, that is, is so another good. great like futuristic post-apocalyptic sci-fi world it is yeah. so cool like i remember that on adult swim there's a lot of and you're you're right it wasn't until the 2000s when they when you know dubbing finally started to hit its stride in uh in the english language for north america there's only like a very small sample size of animes that i would say pre-2000 i would consider also recommending the english dub um one of those being a show called el hazard which i can't remember if that was one of the early ones from funny machine or not but El Hazard. Can you spell that for me? E L space Hazard. I I don't know this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of low key. <laughs> it's kind of low key, very sh- for sure. Um, so basically, the premise is the the main cast is uh, three students and a gym teacher. They get trans they, like suddenly uh, the floor in their school collapse and there's like a sarcophagus in there. It is it is Nozomi Entertainment okay. in, in North America. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was early te- uh, Funimation or not. But so when the sarcophagus opens, suddenly they get transported to the world of El Hazar, and all the characters that get transported to that world suddenly end up with a special power. The main character has a telepathic link with technology, so any technology that is sentient he has a telepathic link with it the gym teacher has super strength under the condition (laughs) that he's not drunk (laughs) so he has to be sober in order to unlock his super strength and then one of the characters can speak to the bug race called the bug room but the english dubbing was actually pretty well done like they were they managed to throw in some jokes that you would get from being growing up in North America, but they did it in good places. They didn't try to force them in. Like if it was like an idiom in ja- a Japanese idiom, they're not they didn't use the literal Japanese idiom. They're like, "Okay, what makes the most sense that matches that idiom?" And they just used an American idiom that best translates to the same message. Yeah. They that's, they did a good job. That's on that good. One. I I I recommend it in its English dub just to see, like, you know what? They gave it a go, and they did a good job with it. And it's actually not that bad of a show. It's actually pretty good. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. I'd never heard of it. and um, This seems like it's one of the old isekais <laughs> yes. from before yeah, isekai very, was a genre. Very OG isekai. <laughs> um, so uh, have you ever seen 
the uh, Monogatari series. Hell yeah. Oh man, I can't believe I've never talked with you about this. Uh, so speak, you, you, your discussion of idioms reminded me of it. So, <laughs> Bake Monogatari, uh, Nisei Monogatari, Monogatari the second season, Neko Monogatari, um, etc., etc., uh, is this very avant-garde anime about kind of a well it's about a a boy who used to be a vampire and and you're not ex- that's not explained in the first yeah. season you just know that he was a vampire <laughs> and he still has some friends who helped him not become become a not vampire anymore and he is solving these kind of supernatural cases that spring up with the women around him and it's very much a deconstruction of the harem genre yes because it's a harem show it definitely is but it kind of takes it in a, a decon- the deconstruction as a literary device of what would this actually look like? What would, you know, what would actually make, make a harem and why would it look like this? And it is not translated. There is no dub for it because you abs- this is you can't. one of the only animes I've seen that you can't. Yeah. There's no way you could do a dub of this because of how much wordplay goes on using japanese words mm-hmm. and you know the the dubs do a pretty good job of explaining when that happens there will be like a little note up and up uh, whereas the yeah. subtitles are usually at the bottom shout out to those There'll fansovers a, by the way <laughs> yeah and you know there will be a note of this is a joke because this word and this word are written almost exactly the same yeah. or, or are, are said almost exactly the same and the the name of the show itself is a pun yes bakemonogatari which Bakemono is ghost and monogatari is story. So it's ghost story as one word, which is pretty cool that it works out that way. It, also in English, where you can just take the ghost story. Uh, By the way, there is an anime called Ghost Stories. Oh, <laughs> so bad and good. Like we'll it, talk it's, about it's, it later. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those dubbings where it's so bad it's good. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, Ghost Stories is not what we're talking about. This is Bakemonogatari. That's the only way you'll ever see it. Um, and it... I, what I, here's what I want to say about it. There is not a single anime that comes close to it no. in dialogue writing. No, it is. That, for me... And that's the thing. The dialogue writing on that is fantastic. Even if you... It, it's just yeah. so good. Well, and the, the... So the director is the same guy who did... Uh, Madoka Magica. Oh, okay, Puella. Yeah. And so, you know, it's very avant-garde. You know, the the sh- the scene setup and shots are gorgeous. And a lot of it is just two people talking, mm-hmm. having a dialogue throughout the show. And there's some pretty cool action in the show, but that is not the focus. This is not an, I would not say this is an action anime at all. Um but when I've never been as enraptured watching just two people talk for an entire anime and never get bored because they use the camera like it was a real camera. Mm-hmm. The, they change the shots and they show you these beautiful images of Japan that are set up in a very avant-garde way. So it looks each one is like an art piece. Um, you know, it, it's, it looks very different from traditional anime where it's not trying to accurately recreate the cityscape. Mm-hmm. It uses its own very unique style and my god does it succeed because it's so unique it's so weird but it hits me on emotional levels 
that are so real and so like it's not even like overblown like what i think is like uh i think it's episode 13 of, of bakemonogatari is an episode where the main character goes on a date with his girlfriend and it's the <laughs> first official date. yeah i remember this episode <laughs> and it is just beautiful like the the dialogue in it is so real and beautiful for these you know two high schoolers just going yeah. on a date and you know the the show does a lot of subversion throughout the show with, and you know kind of makes fun of a lot of anime tropes mm-hmm. um but then it has these moments that are to me so unique because i've never seen an anime actually take it this seriously yeah and you know where the the girl is is telling him her traumas and you know why she likes him and being very vul- actually vulnerable. very realistically vulnerable yeah. and there there's it's just everything about it is so beautiful another cool thing that anime does is every time a new arc starts so like every every arc is like between like two to four episodes about a specific girl that is going through this supernatural issue yeah and whenever one of those new arcs starts there's a there's a new opening mm-hmm. song and the voice actress for the girl that it focuses on is the one singing it. So that's like this just really cool overlying thing of it. And each one of those opening songs sets the tone for the rest of that arc. Yeah. Kind of what it's about. But they're all really good songs, too. That's the other thing is that, you know, where we, we talked about on, uh, I think, the music episode, how... Uh, a lot of anime use uh, very popular bands in Japan to do their openings. Well, they don't. They're they're using their the voice actresses to sing these songs that are written in the studio, and it kind of like it just makes everything feel very tight and very connected, and it works so well. I just I can't gush about the Monogatari universe enough. It and is. It- honestly the, the thing that drew me to that show first so i saw its name when like mm-hmm. it was like uh new anime coming out and i was like this was back in the day where like i was on the prowls like okay what's the next anime coming out soon i need to get my fix in i've already watched 50 different animes right now i need 50 more the next month and i saw the name bakimonogatari in the list of upcoming animes and they didn't have a preview picture yet the following week when i saw that name i saw Hey, we have a preview of what it looks like. The artwork was immediately the thing that drew me into it. It's like it was pop, very bright colors, but it was you can it had focus points. Like everything was bright, but you could easily focus on what was supposed to be the fo- the focal point of that uh, image. Um, so that's kind of my rant on Bakemon Gato Day because you kind of touched base on the whole whole shebang there. I want to touch a little bit on the uh, voice actors singing the uh, opening or ending credit songs, depending on how the you know the producers want to do that. I was introduced by my sister-in-law that a bunch of voice actors, actors and actresses, recently have been doing basically music battles against each other on YouTube. They formed their own little groups. What? And they've been doing they they pick a voice that's not typically what they're like. Like one guy. Mentions that he's very timid, so the singing voice, the character voice that he's doing for these uh, group battles, is like he's a tough, tattooed thug guy who does rap, <laughs> and they're actually t- working with professional uh, musicians in the industries. Like, so 
how how should I do this? And they're getting help getting this music produced. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my god, this is actually really good. <laughs> yeah, like st- so. Still to this day, my go-to if I'm feeling down and I need to feel happy and upbeat, I look. I I just go to YouTube and search for Platinum Disco <laughs> from from Nisei Monogatari. Such a good uh, song. It's such a good song, and you can't listen to it and and not feel happy are you pulling it up right now i'm gonna pull it up for <laughs> later oh my god it's so good um and then also uh staple stable the uh the first opening song to the show is just so good too yeah um but uh so i just uh i actually found the show uh in a similar way um but i came to it late because i was looking at upcoming anime and I saw the the key the key visual for a Wari Monogatari. Okay. And I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. And so I watched the first episode, and I had no idea what was happening. I was so confused, so I went to the anime subreddit and went to the discussion for the episode to see if anyone could enlighten me what was going on. And that was where I learned that this was like the sixth installment in the Monogatari universe, and that but it's like a prequel. Yeah. Uh, to it. But you also definitely shouldn't watch it, if because you're you're expected to already know a lot, yeah. Because of the way that it was written, and so I I, I abandoned it and went and started Pokemonogatari, uh, and um and it's just man like the show is just so good and you know it it hits it's the only show that's kind of hit me in the same way that Fooly Cooly did, okay, when I first saw it, and that it's really avant garde and doesn't always make complete sense but like the emotional beats are there and they're done really really well mm-hmm. um and when that when when the monogatari universe decides to do action they do action really well yeah it is so well done it is so bright and colorful and brutal even if it's like um, the one side literally the one-sided fight that occurs it's like yeah it looks like this is a one-sided beatdown, but damn it looks good <laughs> Yes, it does. Um, and then there's so there's the the movies. I'm trying to remember what they're called. They did like three movies after Awari Monogatari. Kisei Monogatari. That sounds right. Is it Kisei and Nisei? Well, Nisei Monogatari is the second one because it's oh, Nisei's yeah, 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 sister, yeah, yeah. so it's like sister story. Yeah, that's right. Um, but basically, it's a it's a prequel set of movies. Um, about him being the vampire. So you get to see him at his full vampire strength. And there's a fight in a stadium versus <laughs> him versus the other super powerful <laughs> vampire. Uh, uh, Kizu Monogatari. That's what yeah. it's called. Kizu, Kizu Monogatari. And it's a trilogy of movies. And they are punching each other's heads off. Yeah. And, and you just, see, but their heads are regenerating quicker than they can kill each other so you just see their heads flying through the air as they are just trading punches and their heads and it's so beautifully animated the animation quality is just top notch um and uh a uh another th- and it's uh it, these are based on a light novel series mm-hmm. um by uh nisio isen who is kind of a legend himself in the light novel community for creating the monogatari and some other stuff. Um, 
and uh, he, uh, I don't know, are you familiar with Oh Great, the, ma the mangaka? He did uh, Air Gear and uh, um, Tenjo Tenge. Oh, yeah. Boom, uh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, Tenjo Tenge <laughs> deserves a reboot. It, it, it is, oh, yeah. That show needs to be rebooted, goddammit. That, like, oh, my God. It that ended manga so, was so good. Like, did you read the manga? Yeah. It's like the manga, if they could adapt it now, would be like, just get like a uh, madhouse or something well, to adapt it. It would be so here's the thing. freaking good. I want them to keep the opening song. I don't care if they redo the opening <laughs> animation. Just keep that song, man. That song is so good. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, Oh Great is, is, has actually... Uh, he adapted Bakemonogatari uh, for Weekly Shonen Magazine as a manga for the first time in 2018. I've not read it, but I think Ograde is probably my favorite manga artist. Okay. Uh, just just his his manga is so beautiful. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah. Uh. So let's let's move on. Unless you have any any other final words on the Monogatari series. If you haven't watched any of it, get your ass on that. It's a great show. I would. Yeah. If you. If you if you enjoy kind of like avant-garde production and like seeing something unique that like you 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 can't replicate this anywhere. I wouldn't necessarily use this as your introductory anime for someone who doesn't or no. has not watched anime. No. But but if someone <laughs> enjoys watching anime but they're still trying to find the identity of anime that they like, yeah, throw this one at them. Maybe they'll like it. I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah, and it's also I, I also would actually suggest this to film buffs oh. people who really like watching weird like foreign films that you know like uh just like oh like the the avant-garde movement in france um th which heavily inspired this um any of those really weird films that that are are really great conceptions and beautiful camera work but are are not trying to you know sell you a blockbuster plot mm -hmm. i think if you enjoy that kind of thing this might also be up your alley even if you're like eh, i don't like anime like give this a try because this is so different from any literally any other anime yeah out there um so what uh what anime are you watching right now carl is there anything that you've been following in the last year or so uh so just recently started uh promised neverland so I don't okay. know if you've heard it. So Promise Neverland. I do. I am I'm familiar with Promise Neverland. So for those who aren't familiar with Promise Neverland, imagine being at this amazing great orphanage. Yes, it's an orphanage, sad, these kids don't have parents, but all the kids are happy, they're well treated well, it's open green pastures, fresh air, clean air, good food, and a mother that you know, an orphan orphanage mother that truly loves these kids. But there's a twist. And that twist is apparently just because it's all sunshines and rainbows doesn't mean it actually is sunshine and rainbows. As it turns out, you are being bred or raised, well, you're being raised to be high quality for some Cthulhu demon-like creatures. <laughs> and now you're trying to figure out how to get out. That's Promise Neverland. It is actually... First off, they make every character. Like, all these kids are, like, 12 years old or younger. But 
everyone gets like the super freaky psych- psycho face at one moment or another. And it's just like, I know the kids are the heroes, but they're giving the kids this freaky psycho face. Are any of them actually bad guys? <laughs> it kind of just makes me think about that a little bit, but it it's actually really cool. It's a very interesting concept because it's like, is this, because we don't, you don't actually know what the outside world is. Is it actually post-apocalyptic and overrun by all these monsters? Is it just, you, you know, the setting just happens to be this specific location and that's just how this setting works? Is this even Earth? <laughs> like, you actually don't know this. <laughs> it, so, it, it, I like the mystery behind what is this world and also, this is freaky as hell. I'm enjoying this. Nice. It's one that I've wanted to start, but I haven't. Um, so I've been there. Are, there are th- three I'd say right now that I'm watching. Um, I'm watching. Well, I guess technically four. Is one of them Haikyuu? Of them <laughs> kind of the same. I mean, I'm caught up on Haikyuu. Okay. <laughs> but Haikyuu is perfect. Uh, if you if you just everyone should try Haikyuu. Watch like the first season of Haikyuu. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's, um, we, we'll talk about sports anime in a minute. I think that deserves its entire, <laughs> it, it deserves discussion. its own thing. Yeah. So, um, so I'm watching, uh, God of High School. Ooh. Have you seen that? I've seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't so finished it. It is a, uh, Korean webtoon mm-hmm. that has been adapted by Crunchyroll into an anime and it's the entire anime is a tournament yep so it's a it's one giant tournament arc of beautifully animated different fighting styles going toe to toe and it's just awesome i mean it's it's every it's just awesome like it's just fight scene mainlining into your veins (laughs) uh and that's that's rad um i'm watching uh I'm, i'm catching up on black clover okay um so uh, it's hard for me to get into long form shonen. I never got into Naruto. I never got into Bleach. I tried. Um, the only one that I've stuck with is One Piece, but I stick with that as a manga rather than the anime. I, I read the manga every year. I'll I'll catch up on it and then I'll watch like the choice fight scenes mm-hmm. online or something yeah. rather than watch the anime because there's just too much of it for me to watch. But Black Clover Man is freaking rad. Have you seen it? Yep. I, oh uh... my gosh, it is so good. And I, I was initially turned off, but a friend of mine was like, "Dude, just keep watching." Like, they they toned down the dude screaming after the first season. Yeah. If any here, the advice for anyone who wants to watch Black Clover but you're unsure because of the main character, he does get toned down a bit. He's still obnoxious, but it's not as bad as how he was first introduced. No. And he's like one of my favorite characters of a shonen, like of a, a shonen protagonist. There's, you know, minor spoilers here. Uh, jump forward thirty seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, there's a there's a an arc where he loses the use of his arms, and his only thing is swinging swords. That's all he has. Yeah. And he just straight up has the most shonen moment ever, yelling at the universe that he doesn't give a shit and he's gonna keep going. 
and that like you know you can do whatever you want but i'm still gonna achieve my goals mm -hmm. and and like he you will know, become so he, the wizard king he will become the wizard king um and the and then all the side characters and their relationships are so compelling with asta um his brother is his rival and he's in a different group of uh, magic knights there's that one and, guy who's like he looks like a kid, but he's like super aggressive. Is like I want to beat someone up so bad. I'm like, you got problems, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the he's the the electric kid. Yeah, right? he's the electric guy. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah. he wants to do is fight. I'm like, he, dude, no, calm down. Fight. <laughs> calm down, dude. <laughs> but I love the the dynamic between Asta and his brother because they're rivals, and and like at first his brother kind of seems like an ass. But, like, the more you learn about him, the more you realize, like, his brother, ne like, never underestimates Asta. Yeah. Even though his brother is, like, this prodigal mage. And who he is typically good. wins. But he wins and because Asta, he doesn't underestimate him. And and Asta doesn't have any magic to his name. He, he's the only person in this world that cannot use magic. Um, And so his weapons are... He gets two swords that can deflect magic. That's what he has. And his brother never underestimates Asta and you know, his brother sees other people do it and he's like, you idiots. Like, you know, my brother has done everything he can to like, you know, he's, he's gone his whole life fighting people stronger than him. And if you underestimate him, he will beat you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just really good, really well-written Shonen. Um, and I'm loving it. And the last thing I'm watching is I'm watching a certain scientific railgun ah. T okay uh, and and i'm also watching uh, a certain magical index three yeah um i love love the academy city shows um my first introduction was railgun and then i watched index and railgun two well i watched railgun and railgun two and then index index two the movie uh, a certain scientific accelerator which was a great single season super enjoyable and now I'm watching kind of Index 3 and Railgun T at the same time. And uh, for those who don't know, it's kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of anime. Because you have all these different storylines that sometimes come together <laughs> in this world called this, this city called Academy City, which is like 30 years ahead of technologically of any other city in the world. But you have two kind of opposing factions. You have the science factions and the magical factions, the religious factions. And the science factions are like people kind of like mutants and X-Men mm -hmm. where they have different powers and uh, they're ranked based in the city based on how strong they are. And all their powers have like a science component to them, etc. And then the magic side of things, which is like a bunch of different kinds of religions and beliefs and is tied into a lot of their mythologies, don't make any sense because that's the the whole point is that this stuff defies reality mm -hmm. and then it, it, they come together in these big set piece moments like the avengers do um, and you'll see characters from different shows show up and i've got to say they have my f my favorite anime antagonist character comes from this yeah and it's my favorite example of an absolutely overpowered character and that's accelerator oh yeah accelerator so his power is he can manipulate anything with a vector which in uh 
like physics terms, a vector is anything that has mass and uh, momentum, like a direction, and he can manipulate that yep. just within a short in a short field around him. He can kick the ground and cause an earthquake because he can manipulate the vector of that that wave. He can he can deflect bullets coming at him. He is so ridiculously overpowered. And, but the thing is, is there's a science component to it. So he has to be incredibly smart with math to understand how to manipulate vectors, mm -hmm. which means that his kryptonite is algebra, is doing complex equations and figuring it out. And they've balanced him by making him, he has, he has been shot in the head and lost a lot of his brain power. So he has to effectively have an onboard computer to help him solve these 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 equations. Yeah. And it, it's such a cool concept for an overpowered character to still feel like he's he can, can be vulnerable. Um, but then it's also just satisfying to watch him just mop the floor with a bunch of bad guys who have been causing shit because he starts out as an antagonist and then grows into an anti-hero yeah throughout the the story yeah that's, so that's that's what i've been i've been watching that was definitely a good series it's a good universe to uh, get trapped yourself into any any other stuff you're watching right now other than promise neverland um i've been watching uh recently i've been watching more like live drama uh kind of shows as sure the last few animes that i've watched um Big fan of Log Horizon, one of the isekais where, you know, a bunch of people get transported to a, uh, another world. This one just happens to be a MMORPG. Not to be confused with what happens in Sword Art Online. These guys actually become their characters, whether they were male or female. If your character, if you're a dude and your character was a short little chibi girl, you're now a short little chibi girl. Yep. And trying to figure out the rules of the game, and it turns out that... Play, trying to play the game as if you were playing it at your computer is not the way to go. You have to play as if you are now the characters. And you, yep. they have a HUD, they have a user interface, they have party chat, they get revived at the chapel. So it still works with the game mechanics that they know, but they have to start interpreting it as, you know, it's part of their lives, not it's a system for them to be trying to operate. Right, I I love Log Horizon. I'm so excited for the new season of it coming out. Uh, do you know happening. what Do you know what that arc's called? No, I believe it's uh, I believe it translates to the uh, the destruction of the Round Table. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, no, I love the way that they did that. How like food is tasteless when you cook with the menu, <laughs> but then if you just actually if you food, actually fucking cook the food, then it tastes good. <laughs> Um, and you know, one of the complaints I remember hearing about it is that there's no stakes because you can be revived, but there totally are because yeah. every time you die, you lose some of your memories yeah. of your life before you were sucked into the game. And it's interesting because there's a group of characters where they, th so there's two sides of thinking it. People are, so when that information finally is divulged to the, to the masses, you either are too afraid to die because you don't want to lose what memories you have 
or you think that's your release. That's how you get out of here. You have to keep expending everything that you are until you're finally released. And it just developed like this crazy cult inside the game where this group just goes out of their way to be mauled and murdered. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really interesting because I guess from a writing perspective, I think that is a far more interesting penalty than you die in the game, you die in real life that Sword Art Online has. Yeah. Because it gives you no range you either die or you don't. Yeah. And if you die, it's done. So like the the stakes are, are high, but they're finite and simple and done. And Sword Art Online has this one goal of getting out of the game. Mm -hmm. Whereas the goal in Log Horizon, they have no idea how to get out of the game. They're what you know, the game master didn't show up at the beginning and say, Haha, you're all in my game now. Yeah. They're just there and they don't know why. So it's a, more about them start you know, just having this become their new life. And they have no idea what's going on on the outside world. Uh, they and so you know they they're just kind of you know trying to establish governments and systems, and it's it's really interesting the way that all this plays out. And with the with the exception of the arcs that focus on the children, oh, uh, it is really enjoyable. Yeah, it also helped further popularize the anime glasses uh, trope where you touch your glasses and shing! Yep. I actually do like the main character's nickname, though, the villain in glasses. The that's villain a, in glasses. That's actually, I actually really like that nickname. <laughs> well, I also like that the main character isn't OP. as a, Like, his character himself is not OP. Yeah. Uh, he's a support. He plays a support class. <laughs> yep. Um, but what he is is he's really intelligent at, at tactician. Yeah, he's a very good tactician. So, you know, uh, he was he was known for this group of players who weren't officially a guild, and they <laughs> the, would come together the, to, to tackle... The hardest raids. Like, yeah. they, they were the not-guild guild. Basically, they were called right. the debauchery tea party, for Christ's sake. The debauchery tea party. And they would come together to conquer the hardest shit and then disappear, yeah. and he was their tactician. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I, I love... I love that show, and I'm I'm hoping that when the anime comes back, it does it justice again. Yeah. I think one thing I liked about his character, because they kind of reflect on, you know, he had a thing. He just never actually joined a guild, and the reason was that he was such a resourceful and good player. Like, he wanted to help people learn the game because he wants people to enjoy the game. But, it, you know, he became quite famous for being very skilled at teaching people and knowing all the best spots to train and he was overwhelmed because people were trying to take advantage of him oh i need help with x thing and he just didn't want to deal with them anymore um and it's not yeah. really a trauma but it's like i can understand your hesitation because you're not sure if people want to use you again yeah no it's, it is it's it it was good i i liked i liked that a lot mm -hmm. um do you uh, do you have an anime that you hold above everything else as your your top favorite? Oh god, I don't think I can pick one. <laughs> oh god, I think at one point I tried to do this and I'm like, I have to break this down into genres. <laughs> I have to fucking break this into genres. That's that's fine. That's fine. Um, do you have a yeah. do you have a favorite genre? Like a genre that you keep returning to as? Uh, I know you've said a lot of positive stuff about Gundam. So sci-fi uh, as a general genre. Because you can do a lot of different things with sci-fi. Um, sure. Definitely those draw my attention first. 
um, things that deal with mostly like psychopaths, like psychopaths. So things that do really deal with like uh, potential futures or uh, you know science enhancements, like Steins Gate. Actually, I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed Steins Gate, and that was a guy who used a microwave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. I tend to fall more for sci-fi techno, uh, shows that f- heavily focuses on some form of technology, which is one of the things I love about Gundam is, yes, the, it's all about the giant mech suits, but then it's like, but then there's the space colonies and like G Gundam, their space colonies Whoa. were literally like, just take a piece of landmass and make it a colony. <laughs> well, man, like Gundam to me is, is one of the most political animes I've ever seen. Oh, like, yeah. It like is. Gundam is like half giant robots fighting and then half political intrigue. Yeah. It is. I, I, I love those types of shows. Uh, I do enjoy fantasy shows though. I do enjoy like um, sort Art online first season. I really enjoyed the, the setting that the game took place in rising of the shield hero. I'm actually a really big fan of. I, I need love, to watch that. I've heard that's really good. It is so like, I've never, seen a show like i've seen shows where they take the main character and the antagonist tries to run their name into the dirt but it's never too severe per se it's like oh this guy did this one thing oh he's such a bad guy you know it's like mudslinging this one took mudslinging to the next level like they straight up framed this motherfucker (laughs) like wow they he got framed for rape he got framed for like, uh, slight, like, he was, they dragged him into hell. They took away his equipment. They took away his money. Like, they left this guy with nothing. Other than the, other than the cape, uh, other than the raggedy ass cape on his back. And it's just because he's the shield hero. I'll have to check it out. I've heard nothing but good about it. It, Oh, Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll, I think you'll like it because... He's because he's now left with nothing. He'll do anything, and not and it's not that he's doing anything in a malicious way. He's doing anything because he has to. Like, if the, if they don't succeed in doing what they can to protect this world, he can't go back to his home world. So, no matter what, he can't he can't choose the option to die because he doesn't want to die. And he can't just choose the option to give up because if they fail, he can never go back to his home world. Yeah. Wow. That's no, I, I didn't know all that about it. That's yeah. Cool. And that's just episode one. <laughs> that's, that's. Oh my gosh. That's, that's all episode one. That's straight up episode one, man. <laughs> like he gets, well, they run him down hard and it's just right out the gate. I've been told so much. I need to watch that. So I'll, I'll have to give it a shot. I can't wait for them to do the second season. Oh man. Are you uh are you a fan at all of the fate? Oh fate yeah. Universe. Oh, love. I love even if the fate. story was even if the story sucked, I'll watch it for, just for that beautiful animation. They are Dude, so good at that. Ufotable or UFO table, I don't know how how to say that. I don't know either. Uh they they are the best working animation studio using CG. Yeah. Because it feels like when anyone else uses CG, I can notice it and it's awkward and i don't like it yeah i feel but i don't even notice it when like at least starting with uh fate zero oh their yeah use of cg is so clean and you don't notice it like it doesn't stand out you, you feel like you're just watching anime even though 
they they're clearly using cg but it doesn't feel out of place and trigger that pulls you out of the moment yeah thing in your brain fate zero is probably the best out of all of them but so i haven't watched so the original fate stay night storyline it, it's based on a uh, a, a visual novel visual novel yep um and there's actually three story paths there's the fate. there's, there's the fate night. there's fate mm-hmm. there is heaven's feel and they made a series and movies for both of these and then they just finished heaven's feel or is it heaven's feel yeah yeah so there's the three the three routes are the stay night route the unlimited blade works route yeah and the heaven's feel route that all depend on while you're playing this visual novel which girl you pursue with. yeah and um, oh it's so good yeah. heaven's feel is probably story-wise heaven's feel is probably the best story uh, it's so dark yeah oh god yeah it's... <laughs> it is fucked up <laughs> have you have you played the visual novel yes yes i have yeah i have too it's uh i i i hope i hope at some point they get to do a movie of the uh stay night route because the original anime does not hold up yeah after seeing you know what they've done going forward it's like man you know just give it a facelift just give it a facelift i don't care if the movie is like you know condensing some of the information by this point if you haven't watched any of the fate series right well i think they did a good job with heaven's feel and i haven't finished heaven's feel yet but from the the two entries i've seen of it they did a good job of it's like if you've seen unlimited blade works then you kind of know the overall story Mm -hmm. and so the movies get to kind of show you what's different about this route yeah i feel like unlimited blade works is like the coolest edgelord version and then oh yeah well unlimited blade works is a straight-up shonen like yeah that one was pure shonen and and it's done so well and i love i love the way they make i love the way that shiro is able to win yeah not because he's stronger than the other person but because it's it's like a rock paper scissors where like mm-hmm. shiro couldn't beat anyone else like he is weak against any other heroic servant but this but one this heroic one motherfucker <laughs> who has one thing going for him he can beat him yep and it's and it's just because of speed it's just because he can do his trick faster then his uh, opponent can do his trick. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious. Of all the Fates series out there, which spirit is your favorite? Ooh, which spirit? Yeah. It's hard to... Oh, that's it's so hard. Tough. I love Iskander oh, from yeah, Fate Rider Zero. from Fate Zero. So good. Um, but, oh, but man, uh, some of the ones in Apocrypha were really great too. There were some good ones in Apocrypha for sure. Yeah. Um, also, I have a kind of a soft spot for Nero Saber from uh, Fate Extra. Yeah, Fate Extra. <laughs> oh, yeah. Christmas Nero. <laughs> that little um, meme is going to come back soon, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> um, man, let me give me a, give me a sec. I also I've always loved uh, I loved Deermoot from fate zero also uh lancer oh yeah uh, i i think all the lancers have been so fun lancers yeah they're they are they're great i actually haven't finished absolute demonic battlefront babylonia um which is the fake grand order anime yeah. um, um what was but it? uh gosh that's so hard to pick a f- 
a favorite. Well, who's your favorite? Fine. Uh, let's do this. Who's your favorite saber? You said Nero, uh, Nero saber is probably your favorite one, isn't it? Maybe. I don't know. My favorite saber? Yeah, your favorite saber. We're just going to go down by class at this point. It's this tough. Is so tough. Because I'm not um, going to lie, the saber, uh, red saber. Yeah, saber of red was pretty Pretty great. dope. Uh, Character-wise was so fun. I loved mm-hmm. the relationship between her and the master. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, if if I were to do, like, Lancer, I'm going to ha- probably agree Dermid's probably my favorite Lancer, comparatively. Yeah, Kukulin's great, but Dermut is, his story is a lot more, like, the, his actual mythological story is a lot more nuanced than yeah. Kukulin's. And uh, I, I, I think it's, weird that they keep choosing irish myth for lancers um i mean i'm glad that they swapped but, it up for uh apocrypha where you had vlad the impaler yeah vlad the impaler was lancer um and then i thought it was cool in grand order that uh kukulin got to be a druid got to be a <laughs> he caster. was a caster <laughs> um which fair i mean in kukulin's myth he uses magic so yep. um yeah gosh i don't they like i like so many of the so many of the characters uh i mean gilgamesh himself is a great antagonist he's a great character as as archer yeah um favorite berserker that one might be a little easier lancelot i loved lancelot as berserker i love the idea that his superpower was basically whatever yeah he anything is a weapon in his hands yeah, he is that that skill that anything he touches becomes his his fuck noble it. phantasm. Fucking a fucking lamppost. <laughs> Just take a lamppost and start swatting things down with it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Just grabs onto a jet and then oh, yeah, just, just controlling the, the jet. jet. Ah. <laughs> uh, the Bluebeard as the caster was terrifying and Lovecrafty and a shit and I loved that too. Was that one in uh Fate Extra? Fate Zero. That was Fate Zero. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he summons the giant Cthulhu monster. Dude, that guy was so freaky. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so who's your who is your favorite uh, master? Favorite master? Ooh. I mean... God, I can't remember his first name, but... Uh, old, old Emia from Fate Zero, older Emia, mm-hmm. is definitely, yeah. definitely in the runnings. Kiritsugu. Okay, yeah, I was like, it's not Kirito. That's a completely different character. (laughs) I know it starts with a K. It's been a while. Kiritsugu. Yeah, I think he'd have to be mine. So one of the things when I was I was looking at, 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 well, I don't know. I'm a huge sucker for Rin, Rin Tosaka. She's pretty great. Yeah, Um, it's kind of hard to say to the skirt and the the thigh highs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I uh. One thing I noticed a huge difference between Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works is in Fate Zero, the masters are way more powerful overall oh, than yeah. they are in Unlimited Blade Works. Because, like, in like Unlimited Blade Works, like, you have, like, the teacher who's caster's master that, like, he's a martial artist, but he doesn't have much mana himself. Like, he uh, just had enough to where she can sustain herself. <laughs> right. You have Shiro, who's, like, kind of like, you know. He's a noob. He's a noob. You have Rin, who is like a very accomplished mage, but like very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you look over at like Fate Zero, you've got Kirei Kotomine, uh, who has like a arm sleeve tattoos of uh, 
of command seals. That ain't that broken taken. at all. <laughs> uh, you have Kiritsugu, who is a mage assassin. Um, like, his, his job is killing mages. Yep. Um, and he'll fucking have... blow up a plane to do it. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you've got... You just, every, you've got the... Uh, the motto guy. The guy, guy yeah. uh, brother. Yep. Um, with the parasite in him. Uh, you just, yeah, they're just, they're so much more powerful. Like, overall. the weakest and then one got was Waver. Waver. Waver yeah. Velvet. Who it was actually, Waver Velvet. Character wise, he actually is one of my favorite masters. He is, he's one of my favorites, too. I really want to watch the, the anime about him being a detective. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to see that. Um, but yeah, Waver. Um, and, but see, the thing is, is Waver is like probably like around the same level as like Rin in unlimited blade works and mm-hmm. not as naturally talented of a mage but he's actually from the magic college like yeah you know he's he's not dumb um he's just not a, as much of a brute force power guy no, but he that's... had enough to summon freaking alexander the great yeah that was awesome so oh, all right yeah. well i guess that's probably where we should end off unless you had anything else you wanted to say anime is great Anime is great. Anime is great. Alrighty. Well, guys, thank you again so much for tuning in to listen to our wonderful voices. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we are at CRGeekOut, and find us on Facebook. Questions, comments, episode requests can be sent to CRGeekOut at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Robin. I'm Carl. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Have a good night. We are the geeks.